Frank Reich is one of my favorite, if not favorite, coaches of all time. He understands me as a player. He understands me as a person. But, you know, right, I, I haven't had any talks with him. I don't know. I'm a Chicago Bear right now. He knows me. He understands. I mean, y'all watched the 2017 season and the playoffs where he changed the offense and built it around me, and y'all saw what happened. So he understood my mentality as a player, and he was able to build it around me and put me in a successful position and my teammates. Being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. How do you take your mindset into a very abnormal year? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, man. In preparation for the competition, I haven't, I haven't taken weeks. It's not <laughs> an option for me. Number two is not an option. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. This is the press box with Doug Douglas and Adam Candy. Yep, those are their names. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Ah, little Nick Foles, the Minshew man coming back. And at least one of that is our real names. Adam Candy along with Doug Douglas here. Nine o'clock. Oh, Adam, time flies when you're having fun. And are we having fun? But not as much fun as Nick Foles appears to be having with the Chicago Bears because he really sounded like a guy who wants to be a bear forever and not go to the Colts. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Nick Foles seems to be content to ride out the rest of the huge contract he signed in Jacksonville before he got traded to Chicago. Sarcasm aside, uh, Nick Foles just tampered himself. Yes! I didn't know you could tamper yourself, but Nick Foles tampered himself where <coughs> he went out there and said, you know what? I'm the number three quarterback in Chicago. Somehow they think I'm not better than Andy Dalton. I have nothing to lose. And Nick Foles has had the ultimate YOLO career. Like, it's been amazing watching how he has turned being kind of okay into a lot of money. So Nick Foles can really go out there and say, I don't give an F right now. Trade me to Indianapolis. I love the line, I'm a Chicago Bear right now. Right? Like, can you imagine? You imagine walking into a management situation in your company and making open comments that you know that all the upper bosses are going to hear and saying, yeah, you know what? I'm a target cashier right now. Uh, and then the target managers are like, hold on, where are you going? Like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, Nick Foles does not care at all. This is going to be hilarious. to watch. Well, I just like to say at this point, you know, I mean, I'm on ESPN radio right now, but, you know, in the past, mm-hmm. I've had a great relationship with Comp 92.3, the rock station. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, it just they understand you over there, don't they, they? They really do. They understand, you know, the strengths and re- weaknesses, how to make a smooth jazz voice really pop on a rock radio station. So I'm not saying now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not very happy here and I won't be back here against my will tomorrow morning. But, you know, hey, if anybody's listening, you know, uh, great relationship over there. So, uh, you know. Greg, if you're over there on the morning show right now, just let me know. Anyway, moving on. But I will say this, because that's the first thing. When I heard Nick Foles, that is the first thing I thought of is, how is that not tampering? How how can you see owners all the time, in fact, Colts owners, uh, Lakers uh, partial owners, all this stuff, and they get fined huge amounts of money. But if you're a player and you're you're saying, well, right now I'm here, but a great relationship, I, I how is that not some kind of fine? What we determined was, and I believe Derek Carr was the one who helped us all determine this, okay. is that players can talk about whatever. Like the player, not, don't yeah, have the, players can't tamper. 
I guess they can't pull the trigger on something. Yeah. So I guess that logically makes sense. Uh, all right. This has been a great uh, this has been a great off season for players self tampering. But uh, yeah, Derek, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, uh, whether whether he is talking about his own situation or talking about bringing Devontae Adams over from Green Bay, uh, you know, you know, while he's still under contract and can be franchised <laughs> multiple times, uh, is a tricky little thing. Uh, Doug, here's here's what I was thinking about as we were starting to talk about the Carson Wentz injury, whether Marcus Mariota might be traded from the Raiders. You got Mariota, you've got Gardner Minshew, who I am very impressed by the fact that he has taken to physiology uh, to prepare for not being a backup. Uh, and then you have Nick Foles, and those seem to be the three names that are mentioned most often as a potential replacement for Carson Wentz for however long he ends up being out. So who do you want? If you're Indianapolis and you could just pick any of the three of them and all other things were equal, who do you want? Well, I will say this, are all other things equal if Wentz is your starting quarterback what does that do to Wentz if you bring in Minshew or Mariota? But what does it do to Wentz if you bring in Foles? And are you concerned about that? I mean, do you have to be concerned about that as an organization, meaning the Colts? But, I mean, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy again? I don't know if Carson Wentz is mentally prepared for any of that. But the thing is, Carson Wentz has a contract that should say to him, chill, bro. Because you've got four years at well more than $120 million left on that deal. They couldn't move you if they wanted to right now. And so Carson Wentz has job security. He just needs to believe that he has job security. Yeah. So maybe they do factor that in, Doug. Maybe they do factor that in, and maybe they're shooting lower. And maybe you shoot for a guy like a Foles who's on the back end of his career instead of a guy like Mariota, who clearly is someone who come next offseason is going to be looking for a starting job, if not a you know job where he's in a training camp competition at the very least. So if I could choose right now, I think it's pretty clear that you take Marcus Mariota. Ed brought up a great point to say, are we overvaluing the performance we saw out of Marcus Mariota for one game last year? I don't think we are. I don't think we are. Marcus Mariota started his career in Tennessee as a very useful player and just kind of never got better. But he never really got to the point where he was unplayable. I mean, Tennessee made right. a clear upgrade going for Ryan Tannehill, but Marcus Mariota gives you the best chance to win right now with a win-now Colts roster. I think Nick Foles, uh, the performance wasn't there last year, and Gardner Minshew, I believe in the stash, but there are too many interceptions mixed in for that team when... The Colts should not be a team that has to worry about taking chances. They have everything else in place. They just need a quarterback to not screw things up. No, and I agree with you. I think Mariota is their best option. And as we started the show saying, I think the Raiders, given what they want to accomplish, and that is to definitely make the playoffs and hopefully go deeper into the playoffs, have to take some chances, and you have to take some chances and put pieces if you can get a defensive piece from the Colts, and I'm not saying a starter, but I'm even talking about depth, depth defensive pieces for this year, you have to pull the trigger on that trade because you cannot afford to sit back and have, quote-unquote, the luxury of a very good backup quarterback when you can lose so many other ways. Assets are only assets if you turn them into something, right? So Marcus Mariota is an asset right now. He is one of the best backup quarterbacks in all of football. And yet Derek Carr, with the exception of breaking his leg, pardon me, 
with the exception of breaking his leg, Derek Carr's been durable. Derek Carr's yeah. been on the field. Derek Carr has played through having a, you know, essentially a a, a break in his back. Like the guy is going to get out there and, and be on the field. So, you know, the Colts are much more in a win now mode than the Raiders are. No matter what the Raiders believe about where they are, the Colts have a much more complete roster. It is a team that needs to have a useful quarterback in place in order to succeed. I mean, I don't know if there are any teams out there that don't need a useful quarterback in, in place in order to succeed, but the Colts are certainly a team that have the rest of the roster built up for them. And assets are only assets when you do something with them. And Marcus Mariota is worthless sitting on the bench. He's worthless sitting behind Derek Carr, but he's worth a lot to some team that's desperate for a quarterback right now. Well, and I will say, going back to my GM experience with being the GM of my fantasy football team for years and years, way back to when you had to do, you know, you'd look at, we had Charles McDonald from the USA Today. We'd look back at the USA Today box scores. And I had a strategy way back when where I would try to get three top quarterbacks. And because then I was looking for trade value later and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I never won. Well, the problem is, much like most of the time on an NFL field, occasionally you will see two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. You can't play them all at once. You have to have a deep roster. You have to have many things going for you to win a championship. And that is what needs to be done. If, like I said, if it's for some, you know, pie in the sky draft pick next year or something, then no, don't do it. But if you can get an asset that you can plug in and help win this year, I think you have to be open to that line of communication from the Colts. Well, the Colts have made clear they don't think they need to trade for a quarterback right now. Jacob Eason, in case you don't know, had a reasonably good college career. Uh, looks the part at Washington, has a huge arm. Um, and by the way, at Washington is in the University of Washington. And there's every reason for the Colts to take their time and give Jacob Eason a chance. It's not as though uh, Jacob Eason going out there and having a terrible performance is going to lower his value. Nobody thinks he has a lot of value right now in the first place. So it's not like the Colts are going to make it look to anybody like they're more desperate than they are by playing Jacob Eason for a week or two and seeing what they have. But I also think that where the Colts are positioned in that AFC South, there's no reason for them to hold off on upgrading the position if there's any doubt around Carson Wentz. Think about where they were last year. This is where the Colts situation really fascinates me. They came into last offseason with Jacoby Brissett in place, and they looked at Jacoby Brissett and said, nah, bro, here comes Phillip Rivers. Now, there wasn't an answer quite as simple as Phillip Rivers unless you're going to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, this offseason. But they looked last offseason and said, Jacoby Brissett's not enough for us. Jacoby Brissett is not going to be able to win football games for us. Jacob Eason ain't Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Not close. Jacoby Brissett has at least proven himself to be a capable NFL game manager. So I don't know how the Colts this year, a year deeper into win now, can say, oh, you know what? We're going to give Jacob Eason a chance and really mean that over the course of a full training camp. Look, Carson Wentz might be back week one. Might. But again, if he has a pain tolerance issue, and we talked about this injury before, at the 7 a.m. hour and said the injury is going to be one that will be fixed by the surgery, but it's going to be a matter of how the tissue heals and how much pain he can deal with. 
If this becomes a pain management issue where you don't know week to week if Carson Wentz is going to be available, that's even harder on Jacob Eason. That's even harder on a guy who's never been a starter in the NFL. At least have someone there who's done the job before. At least have a Jacoby Brissett level player who has done the job before and can prepare on a short week, who can take less reps and be able to go if Carson Wentz through a week of practice decides, I can't play, or if he's sitting out a week of practice. But don't go with a guy who's never done the job before. To me, that's malpractice for a Colts roster that not only have we said they're winning now, but that division is right there for them. The Titans are great offensively and terrible defensively, and the other two teams in the division are dumb and dumber, at least in terms of football. You're going to have the Jaguars trying to work through Trevor Lawrence's rookie season, and the Texans, who... I, I'm not sure if they would be able to stay in the NFL if we had relegation. Like, they probably would end up down in league number two if we had relegation this year. So I don't see how the Colts can possibly stick with Jacob Eason in the long term based on the way Carson Wentz's situation is set up. All right. Well, coming up, I'll tell you what. We've got a giveaway for tickets to the NBA Summer League. We'll do that coming up in a few minutes because we will be talking with Albert Hall about the NBA Summer League at 9.30, but coming up at 9.15, it's Candy's Chonies. Oh, are we in for a big surprise? And, boy, I'll tell you, Tyler's briefs, Candy's Chonies, maybe tomorrow we can have Doug's diapers. Adam, what's going on? Doug, whatever is in your diapers is your own business. <laughs> well, but here... It we know it's Gardner Minshew. We know what's not in his diapers. We know Gardner Minshew has nothing in those diapers. We know that that is not the case for Candy's Chonies. There's something to see, uh, but only in appropriate situations. And so uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm I'm going to I'm going to reach into my Chonies and pull out a number that you're already familiar with, um, because five to twelve is a strange little range that we've been using. Uh, talking about Carson Wentz, right? And how long he's going to be out, how many weeks his injury will keep him out. Uh, so, Doug, I'm going to cheat a little bit with some breaking news here. Uh, Quentin Nelson, who is one of the top offensive linemen in the entire league, uh, the best offensive lineman left for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, 5 to 12 is the number on him, too, because apparently he's Ooh. undergoing foot surgery as well and is going to be out between 5 and 12 weeks, which this might end up changing the whole situation for the Colts, Doug, uh, because now you're without your starting quarterback for five to 12 weeks. Now you're without your best offensive lineman for five to 12 weeks. You already had your second best offensive lineman retire at the end of the year. Uh, the Colts might be going from win now to, uh, I don't know about this. They might be kind of on delay here with Quentin Nelson out for up to three months. How much do you think uh, Frank Reich hates the number five and 12? Or I, he'd probably love the number five. He hates the number 12. Well, I'll tell you what right now. Uh, the way things are going for the Colts, they're going to be 5-12. and 12. Uh, That's going to be the record at the end of the year, uh, the way things are shaping up for them with this injury situation. This is terrible. I mean, Quentin Nelson, for those who don't know, probably the best guard in all of the NFL. Uh, and the worst part for him, hopefully this is not a long-term injury uh, that he's dealing with with the foot, is that he's been watching – other top guards around the NFL get paid this offseason. Serious extensions for some of the other better offensive linemen in the league. It just hasn't really been his turn yet. And everyone I follow on, uh, and this is a deep, dark place that I think only Jared knows about, uh, oh. offensive line Twitter, 
is they've been basically saying we can't wait to see what uh, Quentin Nelson is going to get. Now the man has to deal with uh, surgery and being out five to 12 weeks. Um, if you are someone who is inclined to be a better, uh, I would be checking out my local sportsbook app right now and seeing what number is still up on the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC North, um, or excuse me, the, uh, the AFC South, because I grabbed them uh, on the first news of the Wentz situation before we had any idea how long he was going to be out. They were still plus 105 uh, at our friends over at William Hill. And so I think the Titans are the clear favorites in the division more based on the Nelson injury than based on the uh, Carson Wentz injury. So um, I, don't, I don't know, Doug, are, are you a believer in, uh, in, in the Tennessee Titans with, uh, with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can discount, but as as we said, putting big money, that's why futures in the NFL to me are one of the most scary bets to make. I don't blame you when numbers change and there are people that play that a lot. But then again, you know, a week from now, we could hear Derrick Henry is out 5-12 to 12 with foot surgery too. So it's, it's a numbers game. But you look at that, I think the Tennessee Titans are probably the value to bet right now. And the Colts, you're right. This this news can so change all of a sudden the three quarterbacks that we were talking about all morning or the three backup quarterbacks as likely, you know, targets of the Colts. They might be totally changing what their their strategy is for this window now. Don't you have a feeling like Nick Foles has been texting Frank Reich and they've been like staying up late, having great conversations about plays? That they might be able to run like it's been sort of like a brand new someone you meet out there brand new significant <laughs> other and you're super excited and you're texting back and forth and then all of a sudden you know nick Foles wakes up this morning and texts right. like a like a hey beautiful good morning and he's still waiting and he's not even getting a dot 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 and frank reich's just sitting over there like mm, i'm gonna need someone look mobile as, this doesn't right. look as good to That's me good anymore point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is as exciting anymore. Nick Foles has to sit back and be like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to start up my hinge profile again. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm stuck behind Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, and I play for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. This is what is happening to my existence. Frank, answer my texts. Are you saying that the swiping might be going in a different direction now? Uh, listen, I, I think that Frank Reich hasn't quite decided to unmatch uh, with Nick Foles quite yet. Uh, but I do think that Frank Reich is sitting there right now and he's kind of he's just flipping through some profiles and seeing like, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure I want to bring this Nick guy in. I think the only social media activity Frank Reich has had in the last like hour and a half is he liked a picture of Marcus Mariota running the ball. <laughs> He's on Instagram right now, liking random Marcus Mariota posts from four years ago, trying to send a subtle message to John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Like, Ooh, I like what you got there. Like that, that's, isn't that the strangest though? Like sometimes you'll see someone like a post of yours from, from like four years ago. Yes. And you're like, hold on a second. Why were you that deep into my profile? Like Doug, I know you, you said earlier we live in the same neighborhood and you're looking in my windows. So, like, maybe you just finally found something you thought was interesting about me. Well, uh, but but overall, we are we are talking about your chonies. But I will say this. I've never looked in your window from and gone back four years. You know, I'm, I'm a current guy. I, I, I'm at your window at appropriate times of the early, early morning hours. 
See, that I can respect because it's not like you're creeping around in the dark. You're willing to let everybody know that you're there and that you are there to look into Candy's chonies. And I'm sorry you didn't get either on the random days you show up at my house or here on the air. I'm sorry you didn't get the full deep look into uh, into my chonies, but I, I did think that uh, Quentin Nelson was bigger yeah, than whatever was in uh, my chonies. Yes, yes. No, yeah. that is that is breaking news. And we appreciate that your chonies are breaking things apart. <laughs> they're flexible. He's got flexible chonies. That's very the, bre- breathable flex- and flexible. Yeah, it's a flex fit. Both are two very important things. All right, maybe we better uh, switch gears uh, and bring this up a little bit because, uh, let's be honest, the NBA Summer League, we're going to be talking with the head honcho over there, Albert Hall, as it's right around the corner. And I have a few questions for Albert because uh, let's be honest, things are forever changing here in the Las Vegas Valley and exciting times. And just like with uh, the rosters that will ever be changing, but it's always a fun time. And we'll be talking next with Albert Hall and with your chance to win a four pack of tickets to the NBA Summer League coming up too. You're locked in the press box with Doug Douglas and Adam Candy. And it is Doug Douglas and Adam Candy. One note, Team USA Basketball did defeat Spain. Even though Ricky Rubio threw up over 30 points, but Team USA moves on. But right now, let's go to something a little bit more local for us as the NBA Summer League is set to tip off this Sunday. Always a great event, and we've got the head guy in charge, Albert Hall. Albert, how's it going today? Good, guys. Pleasure to be here. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I remember the NBA Summer League when it first got here. Exciting, exciting times. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, some of the players. Who should we be looking for as fans? Who's some of the players that excite you the most that are coming this year? Oh, man, we have a stellar lineup. This draft is probably as good as we've had in probably the last 10 years plus. Um, There's guys like Cade Cunningham, obviously number one pick. Um, Evan Mobley. Pardon me, guys. I just walking some stairs, so I'm catching my breath here. <laughs> there uh, we go. <laughs> uh, Evan Mobley, you know, the number three pick. But Jalen Green is a kid that everybody's looking out for. He's a he's a showstopper. Uh, really going to pack the energy in the building. And really looking forward to him. And then, you know, you go on down the line, Scotty Barnes and Corey Kispert. And, I mean, this draft goes so deep. And I think teams like, you know, Golden State getting two picks and Orlando having two picks, that's going to play out really well. Question for you about the atmosphere around Summer League, because one of the things that's always been most fun for me when I've been out there both working and as a fan is not just who's on the court, but who you see uh, around the court as well. I mean, you can play uh, you can play sort of a people spotting game uh, out there as well. Who do you expect to to come out there? Uh, We've seen LeBron. We've seen all the big names uh, over the years who come out and check out some of their uh, their young players. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to hosting everyone. I don't think we'll see a, a fall-off when it comes to star power. We really do. I think everyone around the league, yeah, there's been a lot going on, but there are teams that have been off for several months that just can't wait to get out here. And we know, you know, there's, what, nine new coaches in the NBA, so they're all going to be here coaching their teams, um, from Chauncey Billups to Jamal Mosley to, you know, all these different coaches that have taken over. Um, so, yeah, that's the beauty of Summer League. You never know who you're going to run into. The concourse is a lot of fun. I mean, obviously with masks, there's, uh, you know, our, our first and foremost priority is safety, which we're, we're 100% confident we're going to have a fully safe event. And, you know, we've got, 
we've got the Clorox wipes everywhere and a mask and you name it. I mean, we got it taken care of, but at the end of the day, we don't want fans to feel like they're, you know, they're not going to have that same experience. Our goal is to really be safe and, and really, you know, replicate what we've done for the last 16 years here in Vegas. Well, and Albert, I think you answered the question I was going to ask with the, now the mask mandate and with, you know, the, let's be honest, the upturn in uh, COVID cases again. You're on the campus of UNLV, and I know UNLV takes, uh, you know, this very seriously and everything, so I would expect that the fan experience will be different, but still very good. And the nice thing is, with the games at the Cox Pavilion and the Thomas and Mac, you know, there is, especially sometimes during the midweek games, there is a way you you can spread out very nicely, too, and have some social distancing there. Yeah, no question. I mean, we love it when the building is sold out and packed, but that's only been, you know, a number of times over the years, a handful of times. I mean, on an average, as you said, we have that ebb and flow going with games starting, you know, on a half hour or an hour, depending on the gym. So you can catch a half there, watch over, catch the other half or a full game in the other gym. So that is the beauty. We, you know, we create that festival and that flow going on here. And, and quite honestly, as a fan, I think you're going to, you won't notice much different. You, you're going to wear a mask. Other than that, everything else is going to be the same. Um, the only thing we've changed is the autographs. You know, we're we're now going to do autographs kind of in pre pre event and then distribute them through prizing. So, um, but other than that, you're going to see the same experience. And as I touched on earlier, I mean, the basketball and the fans and the, uh, the, the just the level of talent is going to be off the charts. So we're really trying to. I know it's been a long summer and schools are schools starting on Monday, but we're really trying to create some buzz this year. I mean, we're happy to be back. Uh, you know, losing it last year really hurt a lot of folks. We're a small business like everybody else, so we're excited to get back and you know give it our best shot. You know, one of the things I think is most fun is you don't always know those players on the end of the roster, right? You know who the big names are. You just talked about the Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green kind of guys are going to be out there, but I thought we had a story yesterday that just highlights that you never know who you're going to see and you'll be able to say, I saw that guy when, when Duncan Robinson signs a $90 Mm -hmm. million contract with the Miami Heat. I mean, here's a guy who was undrafted and having to come prove himself in summer league. I would think those have to be some of the most fun stories that you guys see associated with, uh, with the league. 100%. 100%. I mean, we I can go on and on about the different players that have, have made a name for themselves here. And every year we're waiting for somebody to kind of step up and take the reins. And I, I remember a couple of years back when Tyler Hero was on that team and everybody's like, wow, have you seen Hero play? He had a big first game. Everybody went out to watch him play the second game and Duncan Robinson lit it up for 30, I think. So it, it was like, wow, they really have, you know, these are nice, nice picks or nice free agent signings that they've had. So every year, I mean, you go all the way back to Draymond Green, you know, when he started here, and it, or a, a guy way, way back, J.J. Barea or Jeremy Lin. I mean, we always go talk about that story, you know, but there's always someone who really takes the, the reins by the horn and, and goes for it. Well, I will say also, Albert, the growth of the Summer League, because as we all know at the beginning, it wasn't all the teams, but it is now all the NBA teams. This is the destination, and that's got to be pretty cool, too, to see the growth of the event. No question. I mean, that's what we're most proud of is that the city of Las Vegas has supported us from day one. We have fans that have been coming out here for the past, like I said, 18 years. This is our 18th year doing this 16th season. But, uh, you know, they're, they're proud. This is their piece of the NBA, and, and they've helped us grow this every, every step of the way. You know, we have a, our Tomorrow Stars Foundation, which is based here in Las Vegas. So we're not that promoter that, you know, comes in for a couple of days and puts on an event. We're here at 365 doing things in the community and that's helped us grow the event, not just with the teams. I mean, the NBA has really obviously been an amazing partner in growing this to 30 teams. 
but the teams all, all get something out of it. You know, they want to be here. We have coaching clinics going on. We have, you know, basketball competition committees going on. Those types of things behind the scenes to really make the game better. And as I talked about, you know, the coaching is a big thing here as well as the players. Um, but it's really the fans. I mean, the city of Las Vegas has said, you know what, this is our slice of the NBA and we're proud of it. And hopefully we can, you know, see that again this year. You talk about the 18 years that it's been going. Uh, what do you remember about, uh, you know, about the early years and, and when this thing first got going and how it's grown from there? Oh, man, my partner Warren and I were at dinner last night. I mean, we could write a book three times over with just the stories we've seen from, you know, starting on Spring Mountain Road. I was handing out a box of flyers, you know, in 112-degree temperature, just saying, hey, wow. it's real basketball, and people are looking at us like, you're crazy. But, uh, we, you know, we've grown. I, we, we joke we had inflatable people in the stands that first year just so it looked like we actually had an event, um, <laughs> you know, with six teams. But it's it's been, you know, a labor of love. I mean, there, there are – you know, thousands of stories and, and not just ours, but each team and each player. And, you know, you go back to in year one, we had, you know, Dwight Howard is the number one pick. This guy's still playing in the league, you know, and uh, there's just a lot of fun to it as well. I mean, it's a big family that puts this thing on. I mean, we've got so many different things being constructed and loading in floors and, you know, signage and whatnot now. So there's, that's part of the fun is the work behind the scenes. People don't see how hard we work. I mean, we have a team of 130 people now. We started with, I think, four of us. So, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're committed to this thing. Like I said before, the city's been committed to us, so we want to return the favor. And uh, we just try to have a smile on our face and really make it an enjoyable experience. It's obviously an affordable ticket, you know, $40 for a GA ticket, get you in for up to eight games a day. And, um, you know, fans and kids and parents alike all know that the summer league is going to be a good time. Well, and I will say it's so great to have something indoors during this time of year. I mean, let's be honest, you know, it's not exactly running out in the middle of the day weather right now. So it's fun to have something indoors. And as you said, that's what I think a lot of people don't realize when this thing tips off. This Sunday, the first game will tip off right around. That'll be Boston and Atlanta at 1 o'clock. The last game, Lakers-Phoenix, the tip-off will be at 7.30. And in between that, it's just nonstop basketball action. So it is a fun time out there at the Thomas and & Mack and the Cox Pavilion. And you can get tickets at unlvtickets.com. Or I'll tell you what, Albert, guess what? We've got a four-pack to give them away right now. How's that? There you sound? go. Let's get on the phones. Let's get the, the juices flowing. I mean, this is Vegas's baby right here. So it's, uh, you know, I know it's been a crazy year, but we are jacked. We're excited to be back, and uh, we want everybody to come out. It's going to be safe 100% and uh, enjoy it. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in the basketball. You, you're not going to see anything better than this. Well, I'll tell you what. The big numbers of the day all day long, Adam and I have been talking about 5 to 12 meaning five to 12 weeks on how long it seems like every Colt player will be out. So we're going <laughs> to let you, Albert, decide. 364-1100, that's the phone number, 702-364-1100. Give us a number somewhere between 5 and 12, and that will be the color number that will get four tickets to Saturday's games. That's 814. What do you think, Lucky Albert? sevens, baby. Lucky sevens. That's Let's go I'm... with number seven. There we go. Well, Albert, we thank you. And caller number seven right now. You will get four tickets to Saturday, 814. And I will say this, if you don't win there, you can go to lvsportsnetwork.com to register to win four premium reserve tickets and an NBA Summer League jersey. And congratulations to Tom. He won those four tickets to the NBA Summer League. If you didn't get in, 
Jared says, never fear. We're giving away another four pack tomorrow. And as I said earlier, you can go to lvsportsnetwork.com and sign up there for your chance also to win tickets. So a few ways to get tickets to the summer league. UNLVtickets.com is yet another way. And all the fun starts on the 8th. Now, Jared has an evil look on his face and he won't tell Adam and I what's going on or what the topic is here because he wants to spring it on one of us. I'm not sure which one, but once he gets that look on his face, either he's got bad gas or he wants to say something that will disappoint and sadden one of us. So during Giants practice... Oh, okay, so this would be an Adam Candy one. Yeah. I know where he's going. (laughs) Running back Corey Clement took a big hit at the end of a run. Tight end Evan Ingram retaliated, and then... Logan Ryan retaliated against him, and basically a huge um, uh, what, what what we could call it a fracas, we could call it a kerfuffle. A Donnie Brook. Oh, oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, I didn't know we were going that level. Anyway, a large fight breaks out, and Daniel Jones winds up at the bottom of the pile, and Joe Judge is so bad that he had them run wind sprints and do push-ups like this is high school. I love it, Adam Candy. Your thoughts. Uh, and ah. then he ended practice immediately after he did this. I've been watching this disaster unfold on Twitter during the show. Um, I can't decide if Daniel Jones being at the bottom of an entire team brawl is the best thing or the worst thing to happen to the Giants um, because it means a whole season of of worrying about Daniel Jones' health based on whatever just happened today. Um, but if it's the best thing if it means that the Giants don't commit to Daniel Jones long-term, it's the worst thing because, like, I don't want to see the man get hurt in that way. Uh, You're pointing out the Joe Judge angle like it's high school. Jared, he's had them running sprints all training camp. He's just sent guys to, quote, take a penalty lap, including Daniel Jones. I like it. Including (laughs) Evan Ingram. And the Giants now have an entire team brawl to their credit, whereas usually these things are like a bunch of guys saying, hold me back, hold me back. No, this was a real brawl. This was a real brawl. And the worst part of the whole thing, the absolute worst part of the whole thing, Jared, did you see the picture of Jason Garrett, the Giants offensive coordinator? No, no, no. And the former Clapper. I gotta go find it. (laughs) I gotta go find it. Jason Garrett showed up to camp today in a shirt using like the Giants script, like it was all in the old Giants helmets in the 80s. Jason Garrett showed up to camp today in a shirt that said fight. Oh, God. Well, hey, you, you, you what's Oprah's thing? Well, you now, wish things into existence. Hold on, hold on. He could be a fan of Rob Halford of Judas Priest was later in a group called Fight. So maybe he's just, I'm, I'm looking for yes. that picture right now. The, the pale-skinned guy that constantly is clapping on the sideline is a huge Judas Priest fan. No, all I could think about with, all, with that Judas Priest reference, all I could think about is Billy Madison and the guy stomping the flaming bag of poop on his porch. Judas Priest Barbers! Uh, flaming bag of poop! Oh, there's, there's so much more to him. Now, I did see a picture, though. It did look like Daniel Jones was on the bottom of that pile, perhaps on a phone call, and it appeared to be that he was dialing Frank Reich from the Colts. I mean, what, what kind of Save shenanigans me. is going on in Save there? Save me, Dad. Um, oh, now I know why Nick Foles can't get a text back. <laughs> Nick, Foles, Nick Foles right now is going through what every guy has gone through at some point where he's like, do I double text? 
do I double text? Yes. Like, should I, should I, I do I wait? Like, should, or, or no, like my friends have told me, my friends have told me never double text. Just wait, just wait. Meanwhile, Frank Reich is blowing up Daniel Jones phone right now. Like you don't want to be part of that anymore. Come on. Come on. Man. You don't want, you don't want anything. We to got do with all that. our advice on how I met your mother, you know, when, how long to wait after a date from the barnacle himself. Um, wait, how long, wait, 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 I need this information. How long do you wait? Uh, well, you should wait at least three days, three days. Ooh, ooh! I gotta say, in, in today's uh, instant gratification culture, I, I, I worry I might have lost out by then. Yeah, that that that's that's that's. Well, that is a dated show now. Very dated, now, based like, on I, some of the jokes. Now, according to I Love Lucy, when she was courting uh, Desi Arnaz, if we go back there to I Love Lucy days, so that's the fifties. I mean, you wait until you got married to call to call them? him back. Yes, because that because I gotta tell back. you that would be difficult to text like him that. back. Um. All right, so. Adam, have you been enjoying, and I I have loved that the Giants fandom has turned from we are the Brady killers to, all right, well, I mean, yeah, Eli's a little derpy, but, you know, he's our kind of goofball hillbilly to, God, we're an embarrassment. Someone please well, get Gettleman out of here. Oh, we've turned to that? How long have I been yelling about I Dave Gettleman no. on these airwaves? But I'm talking the about over the like the course of two decades. You guys oh, went no, from no, 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 no. True Giants fans remember what it was like when when Dave Brown and Kent Graham were starting for this team. Like it was a terrible situation before Eli Manning got there, and so yeah, Eli Manning had his horrendous moments. I, I will never forget him throwing three picks against the Vikings, including a pick six to lose a game all by himself. But Brady killer doesn't die. Those flags fly forever. Uh, I don't know if the Giants are perhaps trying to recall a lost era by having a taskmaster like Joe Judge. I don't know if Joe Judge thinks that running penalty laps is the way to motivate millionaires, uh, but somehow this is what the Giants front office thinks this team needs. And we've seen nothing to believe that Dave Gettleman or at this point, frankly, uh, the Mara and Tish families running the team have any clue what they're doing on their own. What like is this? Go, yes. No, go ahead. No, I, I please. All I'm going to do is yell more and raise my blood pressure and decide for myself, is this one of the worst off-season 24 hours that I've ever seen in New York sports where I have to deal with Evan Fournier getting four years and $78 million <laughs> from the New York Knicks and then following it up with our starting quarterback oh. for the Giants being at the bottom <laughs> of a training camp brawl, which was then penalized by the head coach with push-ups and 100-yard gassers before he yelled at everybody so loudly that Ralph Facciano, who I follow from uh, Sportsnet New York, said, I've never seen Joe Judge that angry. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone that angry. <laughs> the best. Okay, but my question is, what's been your favorite meme you've seen? Because everyone being like, Joe Judge tried to find out who started this fight, and it's just a picture of Spider-Man pointing at himself. Oh, yeah, that is sadly far too true. Uh, at some point, are we going to stop trying to pick fruit from the Belichick tree to find NFL head coaches? Because it's all rotten. It, Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell and Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, and I could go on, it doesn't work. And so taking the Patriots special teams coach and making him the New York Giants head coach doesn't seem to have been a wise decision coming off the debacle that you had previously, right? Pat Shermer wasn't exactly outstanding. Pat Shermer was following the assistant principal, Ben McAdoo. Oh, I forgot about McAdoo. 
Ben McAdoo! Ben McAdoo, who looks like he just got done breaking up a fight in the middle school lunchroom. Ben McAdoo, who somehow was the head coach of the New York Giants. Pat Shermer, who was so bad that they decided after two years to let him go. Come on. So, yes. What did I think when I saw a training camp fight today for the New York Giants? I thought, oh, training camp fights, they happen. And then I started reading more, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What exactly happened here, and how did your starting quarterback end up at the bottom? And then Daniel Jones did an interview. Then Daniel Jones did an interview after and said, yeah, Joe Judge wants to make sure that we understand that there are consequences if that sort of thing happens in a game. They got to run laps. If that happens in a game... That never happens in a game. <laughs> They're gonna have. They'll be running laps during a game around yes. the stadium. It's gonna be Willie Mays Hayes <laughs> who stops and starts yeah. doing doing push-ups because he hit a pop-up when he's supposed to be going down the first base line. This is this is what I spend a significant portion of my life paying attention to, and I'm the one with the problem. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I didn't for uh, I didn't mention that the New York Yankees lost seven to one at home to the Baltimore Orioles last night. Put that in your sports update, Doug Douglas. <laughs> nope, local sports. I try to do local sports in there. Aviators lost to Tacoma last night. They'll be playing we again tonight just at 7.05. We spent an entire segment just harassing Adam Poking Candy. the bear. Poking the bear. Oh, by the way, you know how jealous Tyler's going to be because Tyler always thinks he has just the right thing to get me mad about New York sports. And yet all it took was me having to recount everything that's happened in the last 24 hours as a New York sports fan to be like, nope, nope, Tyler digging into old Roy Hibbert memes isn't going to get me. Well, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. See if we can get We Adam will, Candy. won't we? Yes. Back bigger than ever. So they say. Adam, thank you very much. Or Dr. Thanks, Candy, Doug. as you will always be known to me from this point forward. Very authoritative. Jared, great job spinning the wheels. Well, pretty good job spinning the wheels. Doug Douglas, your sports and traffic voice will be back again tomorrow. Oh, an exciting time. Until then, next time, we'll see you then. This is Doug Douglas saying bye-bye.